Hello once again and welcome to Omeshare podcast, the podcast where we are focusing on the man who's aged 35 to 55 years old. And today we are with Mogera Motiga and again we are with Musioki Mwindi, Dr. Stanley Mokolwe and myself Kevin Kanyotu. We believe that you've had a wonderful week and today we are covering another exciting topic. Thank you so much for listening in. We've received overwhelming response on the downloads from this podcast from across the globe. Thank you and keep on subscribing and let us share widely to see how we can be able to create a society where men are sharing openly and are edifying one another and we're bringing up men who are full of faith, hope and of love. Karibuni. So in this episode, we are talking about fatherhood in the foundational years. And we are among uh, forefathers, I believe. Uh, all of us have children of our own. Uh, we believe that we have experienced uh, fathers here and also a grandfather, uh, Dr. Stalin, your grandfather at 62. Two grandchildren. Two grandchildren. Mwonge, um, do you aspire to be a grandfather soon? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Not, not, not that soon, but mm. yes, eventually. Maybe, maybe Musioki uh, be hey, sooner. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. <laughs> <laughs> Chronologically, maybe, but uh, I'll be patient. You'll be patient. <laughs> well, I think it's happening very, very soon. In the next 10 years, I, I believe Kaveh will do what? 28? Something like that, yeah. 28 years. Mm. So we, we pray and we believe that they'll find uh, awesome spouses in the future. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Good. So, Mongera Mutiga. Yes. I admire your fatherhood. I, Thank you. You know, Thank you. there's a time that I met you at Langata somewhere in okay. the car park. Okay. I think in a supermarket. Okay. And I saw you running around with your son and giggling and tickling and, you know, having fun with him. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, uh, how come my life is so boring? How come I don't play with my children? <laughs> I just admired the way you connected with your children and the way you were able to relate with them. And uh, I believe I've borrowed a leaf. I think they are listening. They listen to this podcast one day. And yeah. I believe I've, I've borrowed a leaf from how just to be a disciplinarian, but at the same time balancing friendship yeah. and fun, yeah. uh, raising children. Yeah, thank you. Has it been fun for you raising children and what have been the realities? You can just tell us how many children you have and their ages. Yeah, so um, we have three kids mm. who are aged 14, a girl 14, a boy 12, and a, another girl 8. Mm. So that's that's the spread. Okay. So we discuss about you know parenting, the 0 to 7 years. I believe those are the foundational years yeah. where a lot has to be grasped by these children. There's right. a lot of absorption. So how has it been for you and what are some of the things you can share with us on how that journey? Okay, so when our firstborn, she's 14 now, when she was probably about a couple of months old, maybe six or seven months old, we went for a class, actually Dr. Mukolo's uh, parenting class called Raising Future Parents. And that's, you know, a lot of what I practice in my journey of fatherhood, what we practice as parents, my wife and I, um, derived from that class. And we learned a lot about uh, some of the things that we've taken for granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we realized is there's a big difference between how we were raised as children and how we need to raise our own children. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a bit of unlearning that needs to happen. And, and don't get me wrong, my, my, my parents are, are were very loving, very hands-on. My dad is a very hands-on guy even now. Mm-hmm. 
He's the kind who will come for their uh, school events and stuff like that. So he's always been involved. But there's there's a, there's certain elements of uh, parenting as was demonstrated to us when we were kids that we've had to kind of unlearn and just learn um, a different a different way of doing it. Uh, key among that is the biblical perspective um, that parenting is a biblical mandate. Yeah. It's it's not just a biological one. So you're a parent because you made a baby, which is a biological process, but raising them is something that God directs. Yeah. Uh, the Bible says that the, the fruit of the womb is a blessing from the Lord. Hmm. Um, it's a gift from the Lord. So our kids are not just uh, little people that we see growing up in our homes. These are actually gifts that God has given us, and he expects us to raise them in a certain way. So... For me, um, a large part of my experience with parenting is just, first of all, the biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other part of it is, you know, being a lot more engaged and, and hands-on in a very personal way. Mm-hmm. Um, developing relationships with my kids. Yeah. All right. That uh, my kids are human beings. They are individuals mm-hmm. who are absorbing information. They are interacting with other people. Yeah. They are learning. They are growing. Mm-hmm. And as they go through that process, I need to establish and maintain a relationship with them. Oh. And in the absence of that, then I'm just this authoritarian figure who tells them what to do, what not to do, who pays bills mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is when the kids are older, mm-hmm. they detach because, you know, you've never really been a friend to them. Mm-hmm. So just developing that relationship and, and, you know, maybe the word friend is maybe not the right word to use in this context because... You know, we, we we are we want to be friendly with our kids. I want to be friend. I am friendly with my kids, mm-hmm. but there is also an element of authority that uh, derives from my um, my my position as their dad. Correct. So you know, we we do have um, a relationship. You know, we we have our own way of talking to each other. Um, you know, I've got to a point where I realize as individuals, I have different relationships with each of them mm-hmm. that they're not just a, a homogeneous group my kids yes you know they are individuals so there's mm-hmm. ways that i can talk to my last born mm-hmm. there are things that we share there's a way that we interact that's different from say awesome. my son mm-hmm. and so i can't look at them as a, a homogeneous group of people who yeah. you know mm-hmm. we we move around like sheep mm-hmm. you know it's a class mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know we have to mm-hmm. engage individually and, and that has really helped me um, develop my relationships with my kids um, over time. That's a very interesting insight you bring up there. Because just wondering, in an age where we grew up uh, with you in the, in the 70s, 80s, yeah. where parents were regarded as disciplinarians, you go to school, there's discipline. You go to your neighbors, if you do wrong, the neighbors can discipline you. Yeah. There was almost a sense of uh, this child has been raised by the village, mm-hmm. but almost a detachment of that friendship or what you're saying, you're wanting to develop individual relationships with them. Yeah. There's kind of a homogeneous treatment, yeah. especially even with boys who are growing up, you know. So there was that repetitive, you know, call out, yeah. especially for us when we were growing up. And I'm sure there's a father who's listening and just wondering, uh, wow, can I really be actually a friend with my child and develop such a relationship with them? Uh, Should I be emotional or should I actually be rational and just be the disciplinarian? Can I cultivate friendships with these children? Yeah, I I think absolutely. You, You need to be friends with your kids. Um, and, and friendship doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't diminish your, your role or your responsibility as a parent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make you less of a father to be friendly with your kids. Mm-hmm. I think that's sometimes people mistake friendship for, um, you know, it sort of diminishes your, your role that if I'm friendly with my kids, then they won't respect me. And I, I don't think that's true at all. You know, even if you look through the scriptures, you know, Christ himself or the Lord himself is characterized as having two sides, you know, mm-hmm. on, on the one hand, he's, um, he's the lion and he's the lamb. You know, there's there's a friendliness to God that he's closer to you than a brother. At the same time, he's also a disciplinarian. That mm-hmm. if you step out of line, he will discipline you. And mm-hmm. he will let you receive the consequences for your for your actions. And I think we, we, we need to uh, approach fatherhood in that way. Mm-hmm. That your primary role is to raise these kids and, and raise them in the way of the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you raise your children in the way of the Lord, when they're older, they will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's your primary responsibility, but you have relationships to build with them because mm. at some point they're no longer going to be little kids you can order around, mm. and at that point then the relationship matters more than ever before. Mm. When they become teenagers and they have all these confusion and um, all these narratives and all this information coming at them from everywhere, mm. if they don't find a place of uh, trust and comfort in you mm. as their parent, as their dad, yeah. then it becomes very difficult for you to provide any sort of leadership or guidance to them. Mm. And then they are pretty much at the mercy of, of the world. Now, you know, the world is a big, cold place. Oh, so yeah. the friendship, you know, the relationship does not necessarily have to be lenient. Mm. Being a friend with your children doesn't mean that you let them do whatever they want. Mm. But it does mean that you develop a relationship with them that allows you to um, assert your authority even more effectively, um, in my experience. That's awesome. Um, Dr. Mukore, I think Mungira has been a very good student of your parenting. I'm just amazed you know, hearing that wisdom from him. And as a, as a fellow father and also grandfather, mm-hmm. um, do you concur with that aspect of friendship? Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. aspect of friendliness, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Romans 11, 22, that says, Consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of God, sternness to those who fail, but kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. So that, that two faces of God, yeah. kind, but also severe. Mm. And... Um, Yes, I, I think that what Mongera is saying is, is absolutely true. Mm. And uh, I think if you've hung around me for a while, you realize a little phrase I keep repeating that children are learning mm. even when parents are not teaching. Mm. And spending time with the children at that stage of life, there is no substitute for that. Mm. In this day and age, the uh, social media is offering alternatives. But a parent, especially a father, will play with his children, will hang out with his children. Those children will have less craving mm. for social media. Yeah. They'd rather play with you when you're not, when you're not available mm. than find gadgets to play with. Let's take a quick break. The heart behind the I'm On podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on imom.com and when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the I'm On podcast with new episodes every Monday. Mm. 
that's so important especially with this modern day and age where digital is usually like the pill that is given in most families as a preoccupier of time the child is bored or oh, okay so this netflix or this youtube or whatever other platforms are there, are there. Um, and so for musioki i just wanted to ask uh, how is it for you uh, obviously your children are beyond that age yes um, and, uh, i have an 18 year old and in the next month i'll have a 15 and 14 and a 13 year old all teenagers now yes they'll all be teenagers so just mm. three of them but at the zero to seven stage i think my my thoughts and my memories around the first the first few years uh, there is not much of a relationship in terms of um talking and discussing and even in you know, a lot of it is the first what two or three years it's diapers and feeding mm-hmm. and bathing and routines and you know all that stuff mm-hmm. um however i think those are very important uh, times for parents to and especially fathers to stay engaged mm-hmm. because the child might not fully appreciate what it is they're doing but what they recognize is that you're there Mm-hmm. and that gives children a sense of security and stability mm-hmm. that their their parents are present yeah. um and i think that is the foundation for building the friendship because there's an assumption in their life as mm-hmm. far as they're concerned you've always been there mm-hmm. um i think if you miss that stage it it becomes you know time parenting is forgiving mm-hmm. um relationships are always forgiving but time itself is unforgiving mm. a day that passes will never be recovered mm. so you really need to try and make the most of uh, every moment especially in those early years mm. and i think the investment you put in in that first stage mm. really you pay dividends for the rest of that child's life and your relationship with them mm. but that i think that the always the risk is that it looks mundane mm-hmm. to be changing diapers feeding children washing you know being caught up in so many really intense uh, emotional physically draining chores to do with the children mm. which is why in all honesty in our culture what do you do you just outsource that to a help yeah. it's mm. genuinely exhausting mm. if you choose, if you try and uh, keep up with your children at that age mm. um but i think i would throw a challenge that that's not stuff you want to you can outsource washing clothes mm-hmm. and certain other tasks but you really want to be as a father mm-hmm. commit yourself to be hands on whether that people think this certain things only mothers should do mm-hmm. and fathers shouldn't do mm-hmm. um i would say at that stage you both parents mm-hmm. especially when both parents are available mm-hmm. um should should do as much as possible of the hands on work with their children okay, yeah it builds a very solid foundation sure 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 and i recall even for myself there's that argument of quality time it's not about quality it's how much time you're spending with them it's about the quantity of time especially that foundational year and one of the things that i remember the decision of me going you know into business so that i could control my my time um that i'd be able to spend time with my children um early in the morning and also be able to control the time when i am able to come home and i believe that is a challenge today to so many modern day corporate fathers mm. who are working late and are saying you know I am I'm here to toil I remember this is the 30 to 40 years that I think we learned in a previous episode you could check it out on some of the things that though the dangers that this age group is exposed to is that they are too busy this business mm. that they forget to spend time or make time with their families so that could actually pose as a danger so mm. 
how then do we strike the balance yeah for that man who's asking themselves wow this is my life this is how my work is you ask me to spend time uh with these children how do we make amends to that yeah mm. um those are those are real issues those are um it's a sticky subject to mm. be honest because you know not everybody is uh, able to take time off work uh, schedules are busy you know uh, work work environments are different mm. so on the one hand there is that reality that life is what it is but the other side of that coin is your children um need your presence in their lives mm. now 20 years from now when they are older you know who knows how they'll turn out mm. but there is value that they are not getting from you when you are too busy for them mm. um and that's that's another reality another that we reality. have to reconcile mm. i think the the challenge comes when men decide i'm i'm just busy and that's it end of story mm-hmm. um you guys have to figure it out mm-hmm. but you forget that you know you being busy and being unavailable for your kids is affecting them mm-hmm. you know there are studies that have, have shown that there's a direct correlation between some of the vices in society and fatherlessness or mm-hmm. lack of father involvement so yeah. things like crime things like drug addictions mm-hmm. um you know there are studies that show that a lot of them the the people in prison today mm-hmm. in Kenya are from fatherless homes. Mm-hmm. So and that's an extreme. Um I get that but th- there's a sense in which your lack of active participation in children's lives yeah. has a negative bearing for them for the future. It affects mm-hmm. their identity, it affects how they look at life, it affects how they relate with other kids. Mm-hmm. It has multiple um cascading effects. Okay. So we we have to be aware of that and not just look at this thing from one side and say I'm busy I have to hustle for the family where is the money going to come from that's important but mm-hmm. this is important too and I think you know if adjustments need to be made then they need to be made mm-hmm. you know um if you're in a place if you're working somewhere mm-hmm. and uh, they told you now you have to work somewhere where there's uh, physical danger to you mm-hmm. like you you're going to have to work in a mine or some place where there's literal physical danger to you mm-hmm. if you're not comfortable with that you'd probably find a way out of that job yeah. you'd find a way to move and do something else mm-hmm. it's similar danger for your children if you are not hands on involved if they don't see you they don't hear from you mm-hmm. you you run the risk of um affecting their lives in the long run mm-hmm. um just by not being aware of that fact or not taking action on that oh. so i think it's 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 a tough conversation because it's easy for me to sit here and say that mm-hmm. but for many men that's not that's a reality that they 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 don't they don't have they don't know mm-hmm. work has its demands yes yes but i would say to those guys listen guys you know 10 years from now it won't matter that you worked late it mm. will not matter 20 years from now that you know you hustled and you took them to the best schools yeah that that won't really matter what will matter is what is your relationship with yeah. with, with with them mm. and you'll begin to see the effects at that point thank you thank you so much uh, anything to add doctor yeah i was going to add that um one of the practical things i did when i became director of the navigators and it was a very demanding job mm. i sacrificed myself mm. but i preserved the family many times people sacrifice the family mm. and so practically what i did was um, i left home at uh, quarter to 6 mm. 5:30 sometimes i'd meet mongera and his wife and others for bible study at 6 o'clock in the morning mm. so i was ministering i was working yeah. but i was always home for dinner mm. and i did not go back to the office mm. after that mm-hmm. see early in the morning there's a lot of activity in the home 
kids getting ready for school. There's so much going on that we, we as a family, we decided it's going to be hard to have any prolonged, meaningful time together. Mm-hmm. So my exiting at that time and uh, my wife dropping kids at school, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's an exit that is not felt very negatively. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not there for dinner, mm-hmm. to be obvious. Mm-hmm. And so I was home for dinner seven days a week. Mm-hmm. There was a time that I was involved in ministry at a local church. Mm-hmm. And so one Wednesday a week, I was away mm-hmm. or the occasional board meeting. Mm-hmm. And so from a practical, practical standpoint, put in the hours you need at work, yeah. but don't sacrifice the family to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And rightly put, I agree with you about the dinner time. The dinner time for us as a family is the time when I've discovered who my uh, my children's friends are, uh, some of the struggles that they're having uh, in school, some of the fights they've had among siblings, some of the words that we say as parents that probably they were not happy with. At the dinner table when you're eating and enjoying the food, there's a way that that atmosphere just brings out authentic conversations. But it's just about, I'm here, I'm present, and perhaps this could be the time to unwind and have conversations with uh, children and also with a spouse and together as a family. I would also say, um, again, I'm I'm thinking about that age and thinking the first half of that age, there is not much meaningful conversations you're having with children. Mm. Um, They are demanding physically, emotionally, um, but, and you're, you're giving. It's a lot of giving on your part. I think a lot of the investment People need, I think, to just come to terms with the fact that it starts at zero. Um, And so everything from, you know, I did uh, Dr. Stanley's parenting class uh, 20 years ago. And it was extremely useful for us. We did it even uh, probably a year before we got our first one. And it was very useful to understand that even at one month, the job has begun. And there's a lot of things you start to put in place in the early years in terms of routines, mm-hmm. uh, sleeping routines, eating routines, mm-hmm. um, uh, obedience training, um, you know, just making kids aware that there are, there are boundaries mm-hmm. and there, there are skillful ways of doing it if uh, those who are interested can obviously sign up for a class. Yeah. Um, but that it starts early. It mm-hmm. starts then. It's not they're too, most men think kids are too chaotic to deal with and wait for them later when you can sit at a table and have conversations. Mm-hmm. But you've missed a lot by that stage, yeah. even by the time the child is seven. Mm-hmm. My my personal view is that uh, the way I, I say it when I'm talking to uh, to my friends is it's eight years. Mm-hmm. It's an eight-year intensity mm-hmm. that spares you a lot of drama the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. These children are people you'll be able to sit with, yeah. laugh, relax. Mm-hmm. You know, when I see someone shouting at a child even at 10, 11, 12 years old mm-hmm. and trying to make them do something, mm-hmm. I feel that they're doing the work that should have been done in the first eight years. Mm-hmm. And because it wasn't done, it's now cascaded into the other years and it aggravates everyone. Mm-hmm. The parent's not happy, the child's not happy, and nobody seems to have that en- time and energy to sit down and figure out how can we put this right. It's never too late, mm-hmm. but it's so much easier if you start at zero. At zero. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this has been quite heavy and really enriching. Uh, any other last remarks, Mongera, concerning the father's role for that particular age bracket of raising their children? 
So I think um, at that very early age, um, in, in my opinion, I think dads need to uh, do three things. You need to um, establish discipline or to be at the forefront of establishing discipline in the home. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily about uh, beating up your kids or yeah. you know inflicting pain on them. Mm-hmm. I think pain is part of the process of discipline, but discipline is about the outcome. It's about mm-hmm. how they behave and how they carry themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think dads need to be at the forefront. A lot of men sort of are hands off with that. They say, I'll come in when, they, when they're a teenager, when you know mm-hmm. you need big guns, that's when, when I'll come in. Things are severe. When things are thick, yeah? Yeah. when he's taking drugs, that's when I'll mm-hmm. come in. Mm-hmm. By the time he's taking drugs, it's too late. Shock on you. Shock on you. <laughs> so the discipline needs to be established I think dads need to be at the forefront of that. Mm-hmm. I think the second thing is, um, I think dads need to create memories for kids, mm-hmm. right? Do things that the kids will remember. Yeah. If you think about some of the the wonderful experiences that we had, I had as a, as a child, a lot of that revolved around my dad and the things that he mm-hmm. said and did and the places that we went. Wow. And I can associate a, a lot of that with him. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of it. Um, in many homes, you find that the mother is sort of like in charge of the grind, huh? mm-hmm. like the everyday, the, the the routines, making sure things are done. Mm-hmm. And the dads, in many cases, play sort of like a peripheral role. Mm-hmm. So if you're not able to get involved in the grind, then I would say dads need to be part of making memories, mm-hmm. do things that the kids will remember. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to wait until you can do something memorable. Mm-hmm. Kids will remember the most silly things mm-hmm. uh, some of the memories I have with my kids are things that were completely unplanned mm-hmm. you're walking down the road you see something interesting you start having a conversation about it and five years later they're reminding you about it mm-hmm. um, so I think it's important that dads create memories mm-hmm. and help the kids to you know associate um, good things with certain experiences in their lives mm-hmm. and I think that uh, thirdly dads need to be hands-on mm-hmm. um, and not be detached I think the the way the process of birth um, and gestation and all of that happens, mm-hmm. it tends to kind of exclude the man yeah. to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you think about it practically, the woman can do all of that without her husband. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of women, they do that. Mm-hmm. So the husband's role is very peripheral. You know, help me get, go get me diapers. He doesn't participate in the, in the actual birth process. He can be present, mm-hmm. but the woman pretty much does most of the work. Most of the work. Um, when it comes to the raising of the child, mm-hmm. the dad's role is fairly peripheral you know Mm -hmm. go get me this help me with that you know the breast milk is the mother's Mm -hmm. um so it's very easy for a man to detach and just say you know this is your child i'm here Mm -hmm. i'll pay what i need to pay but i'm completely detached from this i think that's 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 wrong Mm -hmm. and in many cases when that happens at at that early stage Mm -hmm. that plays on into the child's life yeah right through to teenage and beyond. To teenage, yeah. So the man always has this feeling that I'm not really part of this process. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a participant yeah. and when I'm needed, I'll step in, mm-hmm. but I'm really not part of this process. And I think we need to turn that around mm-hmm. and men need to be a lot more hands-on. Yeah, I think we should err on the, on the, on the side of being too hands-on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let them say, okay, dad, that's, that, that, that's enough, rather than yeah. them feeling your absence. Your absence. Um, so I think those are sort of three things that men need to do at this age, at that stage. Thank you, Mamke. Um, uh, as we as we are closing this conversation, there are those families that where a dad is asking, "Okay, I'm a single dad. Uh, perhaps I lost a spouse, um, or whatever circumstances I found myself, I'm the one who's raising these children." What would we say in terms of a word of encouragement, and even for them to be able to know some of the practical things that they could do, Doctor? Mm. Yeah, so single dads. I would say learn Mm. because a single dad is not a natural thing but Mm. you find yourself in that situation 
get involved with other men who are raising children. Mm-hmm. Life can be very overwhelming for the single dad and uh, learn what needs to be done. Yeah. Reorganize your work schedule mm-hmm. and spend time with those children. Mm-hmm. You can delegate tasks, but you must not delegate the relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, just your children watching you I was going to say mourn the loss of your wife. Maybe she died, maybe she left. In yeah. either case, there's a mourning. Yeah. Uh, you handling that with integrity, that in itself communicates value to those children. Mm. She may have left you because you didn't get along with her, mm-hmm. but you don't have to paint a negative picture mm. of their mother to them. Yeah. She was a wife to you, but she's a mother to them. Mm. And so just differentiating the relationship of husband-wife mm. from uh, mother children so don't paint a negative picture of their mother mm. no matter the circumstances of how they departed but just yeah. uh, spend a positive time with those children mm. and shape them after the heart of god mm. if you don't know what to do learn mm. find someone who can work with you mm. Yeah. Mm. and i think that's a very good conclusion of today's episode so for you who are solo parenting as fathers the opportunity is here for you to learn be able to, to dig deeper to work with other men and so that you're not journeying alone thank you so much uh mongera mutiga musia kimwindi uh finally daktari thank you so much umeshare what did you say in luya it is again no. <laughs> <laughs> i've been listening to it yes thank you thank you very much thank you man for listening you've been listening to umeshare podcast where men share openly. See you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast was recorded at the Life in Abundance Hotel and Conference Center. For bookings, email reservations at liacenter.co.ke That is reservations at liacenter.co.ke